that once he was a lad they thought died, his flesh had melted off his whole hide. But he escaped from the well alive and quite swell. And now he'll be killing in stride. <laughs> There once was a long movie franchise that to binge watch I would not advise, but allay your concerns for the Leprechaun Returns, new laughs and kills for your eyes. Hello now playing listeners, welcome back as we return to the Leprechaun Retrospective series. Why? Because out of the blue, Leprechaun Returns has come out. And no, it's not a sequel to the abysmal Leprechaun Origins. And from what I can tell, WWE has no involvement in this. It's a co-production between Lionsgate and the Sci-Fi Channel. And they're taking a new approach to Leprechaun, kind of like Halloween did in October of this year. This movie is a direct sequel to part one. So the Leprechaun's never been to Vegas or space or Da Hood. It's going back to the original, taking place 25 years after the original Leprechaun film. Now, this movie came out on video on demand December 11th. Our review of the movie will be going up near St. Patrick's Day. But as part of my research for this movie and our review, I did get a chance to talk to some of the people involved in making the movie. And I wanted to get that to you today. Now, depending on how spoiler phobic you are, there are some very minor spoilers coming up in the podcast. Discussions of a couple of the deaths and one plot point that's revealed pretty early on in the movie. But if those kind of spoilers concern you, go ahead and watch the movie. It's available now and come back and take a listen because we're going to be talking to Leprechaun Returns director Stephen Kostansky, the movie's star Taylor Spritler. But first, we're going to talk to the man who's inheriting Warwick Davis's shiny black shoes, Lyndon Porco. Porco's been acting for 14 years. He was one of the people who played the Chucky body in Cult of Chucky. He had a recurring role as Smartmouth in the Sci-Fi Network anthology series Channel Zero, and now has his star-making turn as the Leprechaun. And I don't mind saying that Porco's performance brings a great balance of humor and horror, very much like Davis's original, so I'm excited that he's joining us now. Hello, Lyndon. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. So, as I understand it, you got your start in acting because of an encounter with the late, great Vern Troyer. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Basically, he came to the World of Wheels in Winnipeg. And uh, because we have the same type of dwarfism, uh, my parents really wanted uh, us to connect and, and just talk and, and whatnot. So, ended up having some lunch and uh, getting up on stage with him while he uh, signed some autographs. And uh, one thing led to another. And he asked me what I would like to do. And I said, uh, you know, I'd, kinda, I'd like to act, that kind of thing. And so, uh, his manager got in touch with, I believe it was the producers from Little Man. And uh, I ended up getting the part after I sent a video in, and uh, that uh, now it's kind of this is kind of history. I'm, I'm I'm loving this business, and uh, I'm so grateful to Devon Troyer for helping me out along the way. That was a huge, uh, huge thing in my life for sure. How did you get cast as the Leprechaun? Uh, so I auditioned for it um, at first, and then uh, I didn't really hear anything for about a month. And I got an email from my agent saying, hey, you know, they'd like to do a Skype call with you. And I said, awesome. So I did that, and then I waited another two weeks after that audition, uh, Skype audition, and uh, I got the role. So it was really exciting. Had you seen any of the Leprechaun films before auditioning for Leprechaun Returns? 
Uh, not before auditioning for it. No, I watched the first Leprechaun before I started filming for sure, but um, I didn't watch it before the audition. No. How did Warwick Davis's performance as the Leprechaun inform what you did as the character? Uh, it gave me the idea of the character and, and what he was all about for sure. But then after that, I, I just put my, my own little twists and turns on it for sure and just went after the character and and what he wanted each and every scene and, and that kind of thing. Did you have to work hard to do the accent? Yeah, so I, I studied pretty hard uh, for the audition process before I was watching like Irish podcasts and like things online to help with the accent. So I really did that for about, uh, I would say, probably about like two hours every day before the audition. I would I would just listen to the podcast and study the, the lines while listening to it and, and just really perf- trying to perfect the accent. And what kind of direction for the character did uh, Stephen Kostansky give you on set when you were performing? He would just give me hints uh, here and there of, of what uh, he would like to see. And then we would collaborate back and forth and just go after the, what the character wanted to do in, in that scene. And it was a lot of fun to play around with the character for sure. But uh, yeah, Stephen was, uh, was great to work with. He's an he's a unbelievable director. When you read the script before filming, what were your initial reactions to it? Were you intimidated by the effects or excited? Uh, I was I was super excited just to just to get the ball rolling. It was a bit of a process before we actually started filming, um, just uh, just because it was a bit of a wait. So I was once I read the script, I was just ready to go and I was ready to get right into it. What caused the delay? Well, it was just because it was filmed in South Africa that that it was a bit of a wait from here to there and and that kind of thing. And what was your experience like in Cape Town? It was amazing. Just the, the scenery, the, the people, like Cape Point, and just seeing all the different sightseeing sites that you do, that was awesome. I actually went down with my mom about uh, a week and a half before just to go some do, do some sightseeing, and making sure that, I, that I'm ready to give my best performance that I can, that kind of thing. And so uh, that was a lot of fun. Definitely uh, helped ease into it for sure. How long were you in South Africa for this film? Uh, six weeks. Obviously, one of the big things about this character is the look, and you had some great prosthetics in it. What was the makeup regimen like? Uh, it was pretty easy once we got the ball rolling uh, to put the prosthetics on, and yeah, it was just like a skull cap, a headpiece, and then just the face, and then the lips, and so uh, and then the teeth and everything like that. But it was, it was an overall wonder, wonderful experience to work with uh, with Graham and Nicola, and, and yeah, they were just uh, amazing to work with for sure. One of the things Warwick Davis always said about the role, which I found amusing, was the best part of the costume were the shoes. He said they were the most comfortable shoes he'd had in a movie and insisted on having the same ones film after film. Were you as lucky with the shoes in this one? They definitely, we definitely found a comfy pair. It was a bit of a, a couple of times finding that comfiest pair. Had flat tops for the most part. We were doing a full body shot, and I would put the uh, the heels on, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, we the shoes the shoes I found at the end of it for sure were uh, were very. Good. Were you a horror movie fan? I know you also did some work with Cult of Chucky last year. So actually, I uh, I'm uh, I'm actually scared of of horror movies, and so I. Don't like going and watching them or whatnot because I just get way too scared and uh, and whatnot. But uh, I love acting in them for sure. What scene did this movie do you think would have scared you the most if you were just a viewer of it? I think 
one of the, the the kills for sure is something that really stands out for, to me. And uh, I actually haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm super excited to see it. But each individual kill is so unique and it's just so fun to uh, to be a part of. Did you have one that was your favorite to film? I did, yes. I just I don't know if I can talk about it before the movie comes out, but I believe it was it was Meredith's kill that was the one that really stood out to me. Was that the sprinklers? Yeah, yeah, that one uh, I really enjoyed. And what about the scene where you, and this is in the trailer, where there's so many of your character, the small kind of Lilliputian leprechauns running around. How was that experience to kind of interact with yourself? That was actually on the the last day of filming when I did all those little uh, hints of of the many me's. That was a lot of fun to do. It was pretty cool to to just do one thing and just go after it and do another thing right away and, and that kind of thing. And for the Leprechaun's rebirth, there was quite a scene in the film involving you and Mark Holton, who returned to play Ozzy as he did in the first film. Can you tell me what was involved for you with filming this kind of birth scene? Pretty much everything. I was the one who did it all. Obviously with some help with uh, props and Steven was right in there getting all uh, hands in and whatnot. But um, I was the one who, who did all the uh, like pushing through and, and whatnot. Was it tricky at all with all of the prosthetics and the i mean not just yours but also the mark holton's uh yeah that was actually i believe it was the, the first day that i was on set that we did that that was a lot of fun just to do that yeah and obviously it was a bit of a, a tricky thing to kind of maneuver but i believe it all worked out and uh and whatnot for sure and did you get a chance to hang out and see Cape Town with Mark or any of your other cast members? I know you said you went with your mom ahead of time, but during the six-week shoot? Yeah, yeah. I uh, went and hung out with uh, all the cast for sure on our off days. Uh, did a few sightseeing, went to the beach. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome just to hang out and, and just get to know everyone. And uh, I believe we came uh, some pretty good friends out of it for sure. If the movie's a hit and they want to do another one, are you game for it? Uh, Count me in. For sure. Count me in. And given that you were in Cult of Chucky last year and Leprechaun this year, who wins in that fight, Chucky or the Leprechaun? I'll have to let the, the audience be the judge of that. All right. Well, Lyndon, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, next joining us is an actress you may know from her role of Lennox. She played for five years on Melissa and Joey, or her role of Kendra, daughter of Kevin James' character in the CBS series Kevin Can Wait. She also appeared in 2017's Amityville, The Awakening. Her name is Taylor Spritler, and she's now playing Lila, the main human character in Leprechaun Returns. And Lila also happens to be the daughter of Jennifer Aniston's character Tori from the original Leprechaun film. So thanks for coming on the show, Taylor. Hey, Arnie. Tell me about how you got the lead in the new Leprechaun film. Well, I had worked with some of the producers kind of previously. We had known each other from back in the day. So I was actually in New York shooting Kevin Can Wait at the time, and they had reached out and asked me about it. And I had heard of the Leprechaun franchise, but I wasn't super familiar with it. And then once I started kind of, you know, Googling and figuring it all out, I was like, I have to do this. Like, I'm obsessed with kind of culty horror films, and, you know, this was my perfect thing. (laughs) So what kind of cult horror films do you like? Uh, I really, well, now I'm kind of, I've watched pretty much every Leprechaun movie. My friends and I decided that 
before mine came out that like almost every weekend whenever we can get together we would come over like they would come over to my house and we would watch them but uh i don't know i mean i just i don't know i grew up like watching rosemary's baby and you know i'm just a big i like horror films so this was kind of perfect i would do horror films for the rest of my life if i could when you caught up on all the leprechaun films which one of those was your favorite oh uh probably back to the hood too <laughs> <laughs> That one was that one was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, they're I mean they're all so good, and I'm yeah I think it just I love the way the movie turned out. I'm really I'm really happy about it. Now your character Lila is the daughter of the original Jennifer Aniston character. Did you look to her performance in that movie to influence any of your choices? I I mean I had watched it a few times, but not really because you know it took place in such a different time, and her character was so like not about being at this house, and you know she was kind of more of the princess. Where my character was like, yeah, let's do this, let's be in the sorority, let's change the world. So you know it was a little different, but there was obviously definitely like mannerisms and like you know we uh, had some things with like even my clothes matching, like you know in the original Leprechaun, she always has like shoelaces that are kind of different like her shoes are always a little quirky and weird and we incorporated that in the new movie to kind of just pay like an homage to her character in the original and the leprechaun series has always been as much comedy as it is horror and with your background in comedy from melissa and joey and kevin can wait did you find that that helped you to set the right tone for this film yeah, definitely. It was, you know, it was awesome when you were doing something that is definitely silly and out there. It's nice to have, just know that you're doing it kind of as a comedy, but then there are parts of it that are actually kind of terrifying. I watched it last night and I was watching it with some friends and there were definitely some parts that we were all like, whoa, okay, like, I forgot that that happened. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, it was nice to have the mix of the two. So was last night the first time you saw it, the final cut? Yeah, last night was the first time. I had really only seen parts of it when I was, you know, doing like ADR and stuff like that. I had never seen it all the way through. So it was really cool to see, you know, just what we had done. We were in South Africa shooting this. So we were just kind of there, like having this experience showing up and being like, okay, we're doing the new Leprechaun in South Africa. Let's do this. <laughs> so it was cool to watch it last night and, you know, see what we did and then see the parts. Because you always forget, you know, like. Shooting is crazy. It's 14 hour days sometimes. Like you're exhausted. So then when you get to rewatch it and you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Or the scenes that I wasn't in. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's really bloody. <laughs> yeah. Because I imagine a lot of the effects were done second unit and after the fact, as far as some of the gore goes and the multiple little leprechauns and things. Yeah, but actually, a lot of it was practical. Like a lot of stuff, because Steve Kostansky, you know, the kind of what his background is in is special effects. So there was a lot of stuff that we got to see firsthand. And a lot of stuff you see in the movie, like we did it on the day. That's how it was. Obviously not the little leprechauns, but <laughs> but we did have like little models of them and stuff. It was really cool. Honestly, it was such a such a cool thing to shoot. Someone who loves blood and gore to see, get to see it firsthand and how it all comes together was really exciting. You mentioned this was shot in South Africa, and I know this was a six-week shoot. What was that experience like for you being down there that long? It was amazing. I mean, the people were amazing. Our cast and crew, it was just, it was such a fun experience. I actually stayed longer. Everyone else was like, okay, we're done shooting, going home. And I stayed for a little over a week longer just because I wanted to, you know, kind of be there and do some of the touristy stuff and, you know, be able to enjoy Cape Town because when you're shooting, you don't have a lot of time to do 
extracurricular activities. <laughs> so I stay behind. I mean, I absolutely loved it. None of us really wanted it to be over. That's awesome. You're also the only actor in the film, with the exception of Lyndon, to really have too many scenes with Mark Holton, who's reprising his role of Ozzy from the original film. Did he have any stories or anything to say about the Leprechaun series with his return? Any advice to impart? Yeah, I think he was very um, surprised and very pleased that it was coming back. Like, I think it was something that, you know, he kind of tucked away that he did in 1993. Like, the movie came out the year I was born. So I don't think he was <laughs> thinking that it was going to ever come back. So, yeah, it was cool just getting to hear kind of some of the stories or, like, behind the scenes. Like, you know, when we were shooting something, he would just be like, oh, this reminds me of, like, when we did it in the first one. And it was really cool to have the veteran of it, you know, kind of leading the pack and being there and, if we had questions about things that, you know, he would be able to answer and be like, no, this is what happened in the first one. Like, this is why you're saying this makes sense. And also, he's just such a lovely human being. He was amazing. We all stayed at the same hotel and I had breakfast with him every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's been in so many films. I imagine he did have quite a few stories to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to repeat any of them, but yes, he has some good stories. <laughs> <laughs> what was the effects work like for you? Like you said, so much of this was practical, and your character is put through the ringer a couple of times in this film. Did you find any of that challenging? You know, it really wasn't. I honestly wanted more because <laughs> I'm the one person who kind of doesn't get covered in blood. And, like, you know, I don't have, like, a crazy – I don't get something stabbed through my body. I'm one of the only ones that doesn't. So I was honestly a little jealous. <laughs> But um, it was crazy. I think the craziest thing was just, like, uh, dealing with a lot of the fire stuff because I had never done anything like that. Like, you know, I've been on movies where I've had to do some stunts and I've been covered in blood and I've had stuff like that, but I've never really worked with fire and some explosions and all that stuff. So it was really cool to see it, but there are definitely times that I was like, all right, we're diving into this. No going back now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about during your scenes with Lyndon? How was it to interact with him when he was in the full leprechaun makeup and things? Because that makeup is really amazing in this film. Uh, yeah, and it's terrifying. And his laugh that he does is like, it haunts me still. <laughs> and he knows this. And he used to like, he would stand outside my trailer or if I was sitting there, he would come up and just start doing his little leprechaun laugh behind me. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. It, just, it was always funny, you know, when he has, like, his prosthetics on his face or when he's half done, but then his hands wouldn't be, like, he's just sitting there drinking a coffee in a full, like, leprechaun outfit. And it was just, <laughs> it was always just, what is reality? <laughs> now, you've also done Amityville as well as Leprechaun. So what are some other horror franchises? I mean, you said you'd like to do horror forever, but just if you could pick some and dream projects in horror, what would you pick? Um, you know, I don't know that I would like, I don't know what franchise I would want because I think like, I think it's really cool the things that they're doing, like with a movie like It Follows, something that's kind of new age horror, you know, I think that would be really cool to do. Like I love the, you know, I love the classics, but I think it'd be cool to do a different, different take on kind of the original horror franchises. Well, Taylor, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate talking to you and it was great seeing you in Leprechaun Returns. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. Again, thanks to Taylor for joining us. Now, finally, to cap off this behind-the-scenes show of Leprechaun Returns, I'm going to chat with Stephen Kostansky. For over a decade, Stephen has worked as a makeup artist who's worked on Silent Hill Revelation, Resident Evil Retribution, It, Suicide Squad, Crimson Peak, 
and so many more. He's also a writer and director, having helmed 2011's Manborg and 2016's The Void. And I'll admit right now, watching The Void is what gave me high expectations for the new Leprechaun film. It's equal parts John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond, Paul W.S. Anderson's Event Horizon, and George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. If you haven't checked it out and you enjoy those movies I listed, you probably want to give The Void a chance. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, Stephen Kostansky. Hi, Arnie. Nice to meet you. All right. So you've directed and worked on makeup effects for a number of horror movies. Were you a horror fan growing up? Uh, it's funny. When I was a kid, I was actually terrified of horror movies. I could not handle them until uh, I think it was around like 12 or 13. Maybe I rented Army of Darkness and that ended up being my like gateway movie into the genre. And then after that, it, it was all downhill. I would just started obsessively consuming every franchise i'm sure as all horror fans did and so uh yeah i uh really enjoy the genre it definitely speaks to me creatively as far as uh makeup effects and and directing and uh the more like fantastical elements of horror that i like to create on my own so yeah i i love horror movies what were some of your favorite franchises uh i mean that seems to shift from year to year as i age I mean, I used to be, Evil Dead used to be my thing, and then uh, kind of dipped into Phantasm and Hellraiser. I mean, I really like most of them. There isn't really one that I, like, have a serious dislike for. Recently, I it took long enough, but I finally got into Friday the 13th, mainly because of the uh, Friday the 13th game that came out, uh, the uh, online player game. So I, that gave me an excuse to uh, kind of revisit that franchise, and I developed a new appreciation for it. Because I was always more of a Freddy guy. Jason X, genius or ridiculous? I guess that depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Because some days I love that movie, and then other days I'm like, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even handle this thing. It's definitely has it has moments that are too stupid, like to engage in at all. Like I don't even want to start like dissecting that film. But it uh, some days it's a lot of fun, and then some days it's like the most annoying thing I've ever seen. So. I think, uh, yeah, since I haven't watched it in a while, I'm going to say it's, it's genius. But I bet <laughs> if I watched it tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, this movie sucks. But I love that trailer. When you were getting into horror, then you said Army of Darkness, and that came out the same time the first Leprechaun film did. So I imagine you were getting into horror around the time the Leprechaun films were in their heyday. Did you see them back then? Like, I had seen them at friends' houses, like, you know, the typical like kid situation where your friend's parents rent a whole bunch of movies and you like kind of marathon them on a sleepover. So like I had seen, uh, I had seen one, I hadn't seen two and I ended up skipping right to three when I was younger and, uh, really enjoyed that one. Uh, the Vegas one was a lot of fun. And then, uh, like they had kind of just mixed into the pot with every other franchise growing up. So as I, it's, said it like wasn't necessarily my number one but it was definitely like part of the lexicon of my like horror consumption so how did you go from horror fan into getting into makeup effects when i saw army of darkness my parents bought me the vhs for christmas and it was one of those anchor bay vhs that had bonus features at the end which at the time was unheard of and i remember watching the movie and then watching past the credits into this making of doc and uh, in it, there's uh, 
montages of guys working at KB effects building creatures. And uh, I remember seeing that and like kind of it's like the the curtain on the uh, like the magic of filmmaking had been lifted and I saw like what it really was. And I remember being so excited, being like, oh, it's just like a bunch of like bearded dudes listening to metal with Iron Maiden shirts, like just goofing around making monsters. Like it seems like a pretty good time. Because up to that point, you know, like as a kid, you think like making movies is such an inaccessible thing. Like it's just so magical and otherworldly. It's like there's no real world connection. So once once I started consuming these behind the scenes vignettes, uh, like on Army of Darkness, but also like on uh, a lot of full moon movies uh, would have those video mm-hmm. zone segments. And so those would show behind the scenes on like Puppet Master and Trancers and stuff. And then also uh, there's a show called Movie Magic that was on TV in the nineties that would show behind the scenes of like star Wars and Terminator and stuff. So all that stuff, all the behind the scenes stuff was what really hooked me into like figuring out how I could become a part of this process of of making creatures for film. And so I started uh, just kind of noodling in my parents' basements in between, you know, when I should have been doing homework, I was sculpting creatures and taught myself how to do stop motion and uh, started, started an animation, then transitioned into doing creatures, creature effects and making masks and things. And uh, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. So how did you get involved with Leprechaun Returns then? I work at a shop in Toronto called Masters Effects uh, that does creature effects. And that's like my day job in between directing my own films. And so I was at the shop one day and our shop supervisor came in and said that they were bidding on a new Leprechaun movie. And so I got excited about that because as a horror fan, the idea of working on any franchise is super exciting because it's like an opportunity to, you know, become part of like horror history. And uh, the next day I got an email from my manager being like, oh, like the producers of this Leprechaun movie want to talk to you and see if you were interested in directing it. And so I spoke with them and I really liked like the angle they were coming from and uh, just you know, I had two options in front of me is either like work on the movie and, you know, achieve somebody else's vision for it or like steer the ship and then also still kind of like get my hands dirty and do creature effects and stuff. So it seemed like a pretty obvious choice to, to jump in and direct. You know, the Leprechaun series, as you mentioned, it has a storied history and the last film from WWE Origins wasn't so well received. So coming into this fresh start for Leprechaun, kind of rebooting a sequel to part one, what were your goals for the film and the character? Well, my goals were to make a movie that had the spirit of the earlier films that had like all the fun of the early films that like me as a kid growing up, like latched onto and also was like willing to embrace like the absurdity, the overall absurdity of the franchise while still like delivering like just a fun roller coaster of a, of a horror movie. So yeah, like going into it, we definitely want to get as far away from origins as possible and kind of go back to the like more charming fantasy spirit of the earlier movies. Uh, I'm definitely more of like a fantasy horror guy. Like I said, like with army of darkness, being one of my favorite movies, I really wanted to kind of have something with that kind of spirit that can be like fun and playful, but then also get intense and have like real consequences at the same time and just kind of go back and forth and give people that kind of like that kind of roller coaster vibe. So the goal is just to make the most fun horror movie I could make that gets us as far away from this current glut of like dead serious kind of ghost movies that I feel like the horror genre is living in right now. I just wanted to make something that felt like when I rented Leprechaun 3 in the 90s and like was that kind of fun 
of like renting a straight to video horror movie and like the excitement that comes with that. And thank you very much for that. Honestly, I agree with you. There's just only so many ghost films I can take. And I really thought this and The Void were just wonderful. You know, I hate to say throwback because there's no reason for them to be throwback, but they're just not making those kinds of movies as much anymore. So, yeah, no, that's exactly what I say. It's like it's not we're not making these like imitations of a thing that used to happen. It's like the way people call practical effects like old school. It's like, no, it's not old school. It's just the way it's supposed to be like you're supposed to have a broad range of movies to choose from. Like I miss the the adventure of the video store where you go in and it's just like every movie is a totally different crazy thing. Like I feel like now we're in a current, like our current state of film is like we hit a trend and everybody sticks to that trend. Whereas I, I feel like in like the eighties and nineties, you know, people were a little more adventurous and a little more open to do crazy things. And so the fact that sci-fi was open to making like a silly, fun kind of horror comedy, you know, absurd film like this, it got me excited. Cause like, that's, the kind of thing that I don't feel like people are really making anymore. Were you involved with the casting of the film or was that done before you were brought in? Well, when I came on board, Warwick was already like not on board the project. So I was, I came in knowing like I would have to recast the title character. Um, So I, yeah, I was involved in all the casting on the film. I had heard Jennifer Aniston was approached to reprise her role. Is that true? Uh, I mean, you can ask the producers about that. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I don't want something that spoils the plot of the movie, ultimately, because that kind of ties into the, the narrative that we're trying to tell. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I feel like her character has a presence in the film, how we achieve that. You can uh, watch the movie, and people can watch the movie and figure out for themselves. And so you were involved with the casting of Lyndon then as the new leprechaun. How did the search for the leprechaun go? And what was it about Lyndon that made him the choice? Well, it was, we, we auditioned a lot of people. And with Lyndon, I just really latched onto his, his energy and just how charming he was. I felt like he had like, kind of like a, a like exuberance and like a playfulness that I wanted for the character. Like I, He's the title character. The movie hinges on him. I didn't want somebody like playing it dark and serious, but I wanted somebody that could dip into dark and serious if they needed to. And I liked how Lyndon could go from playful and fun and like very bombastic into kind of dark and sinister and then jump like back and forth. And that like unpredictability uh, was what I wanted for the leprechaun. Like I want you to not know like what angle is he coming from in this scene? Is he like, is he going to joke around, do something stupid or is he going to murder somebody? Uh, and I feel like that's like a source of a lot of like tension for that character. So I feel like Lyndon really embodied that and uh, just was uh, just great to work with. And like, I feel like he brought brought his A game to the part. And I think he really like crafted kind of his own spin on the leprechaun while still being respectful to uh, Warwick's portrayal. Like, I do feel like he carries the spirit of that character perfectly. I didn't want people to watch it and the whole time be thinking like, oh, why isn't this Warwick? Like, I want you to get absorbed into it and like accept that like this is kind of a new direction for the character. And he's his own thing without disrespecting the previous version of him. In regards to makeup and effects, it seemed that this film used a lot of practical effects. I mean, the makeup on the leprechaun is, I think, what, good old-fashioned latex there? Oh, yeah. It's all foam latex. And several of the kills. Yeah, well, I mean, because 
the shop that I was working at did all the effects. Like I was able to help supervise and build some of the effects. And uh, I mean, uh, I hired two of my favorite artists in the industry, Nicola Bendry and Graham Shivers, who flew out from Toronto to Cape Town where we shot it. And they, they were the ones who applied the makeup uh, every day. And Graham's actually the one who sculpted it uh, as well. Yeah, it was just really fantastic working with them. Like it's my favorite part of making movies is that collaborative process, especially on the effects side of things. So I really feel like the shop Masters of Sex had a lot of fun with all these gags and with the character because I really went nuts with all the stuff that I wanted in it. I, I mean, I probably put a little bit too much work on their plate, but I like to be ambitious with my movies, and so I think it, it really showed. There's a there's a lot of gags in this film. There's a lot of effects and a lot of like just fun moments. Well, thank you for joining me. I hope we have a chance to talk again sometime in the future. Yeah, for sure, man. Have a good one. Thanks, Stephen, for talking to us about this movie. It was great to have you, Taylor, and Lyndon on the show. And listeners, again, our Leprechaun Returns review will be out in March, but you can see the movie now on video on demand. It's available everywhere. I've watched it, and I'll tell you more of my thoughts come March. And you can sign up to get that review. Leprechaun was one of our donation series for fundraising that we did back in 2014 when Leprechaun Origins was coming out. It was our Me Gold series opposite Lord of the Rings. And if you donate right now to our show, you can get all seven of the Leprechaun reviews we've done so far from Leprechaun 1 all the way through Leprechaun Back to the Hood and then Leprechaun Origins. And when we review Leprechaun Returns, you'll get that review as well. And if you donate to us directly through PayPal, it is a Lucky Clover level donation, which gets you 33 bonus podcasts. You get to hear our Three Mothers series, all five of which reviews are available now. Suspiria's remake is coming out on video in early January. You can join us with our M. Night Shyamalan series, building up to Glass you get to hear our Platinum series of Jamie Lee Curtis Scream Queen of 1980 reviews of The Fog, Prom Night, Terror Train, plus five reviews of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movies leading up to Slaughterhouse Rules whenever that gets released in the States. You can find out all the details at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. You can also get these shows by pledging through Podbean, you can find the details of everything at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate or nowplayingpatron.com. So thank you for listening to this episode and thanks for listening to Now Playing. So we'll talk to you later, Danny boy. Now that was quite a load to have to explode. What a lovely lass. I had to blow up your ass, but now I must hit the road. Once again, thank you for your support of Now Playing, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode in the Now Playing Leprechaun Movie Retrospective Series. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Your support helps keep Now Playing on the air. Don't be afraid, my dear. I'm Love's own messenger, sent to bring you tidings of joy and the promise of newborn ecstasy. The film discussed in this podcast is the property of its respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Now Playing Podcast is not affiliated with the makers or distributors of these films. I was about to say the same thing. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. A valiant try and right on cue. 
stupid if I fall for that. I'm as stupid as you. Now playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2019, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved. Where'd you go, me friends? I want to know where we gold is.